Hi, and welcome to episode 206 of No Crying in Baseball, the Just a Bit Outside episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. And it's a beautiful day to be just a bit outside. Actually, it's a beautiful day <laughs> to be a lot outside. Yeah. And we're going to be spending a lot of today outside in the near future. We are. We're going to the ballpark evening. for not a ball game today. Yeah, it's the simulcast of the Tony Stone uh, play that's going on at Arena Stage. What's the actual name of the play? Do you remember the Tony title? Tony Stone. All right. Well, that, then I can remember it. It's, so it's easy to know what it's about. <laughs> and, and it's going to be on the big old screen. And I did see that the um, PR people have heeded your advice, and there's a big PG-13 Good. on the stuff in case anybody reads it before they buy their free tickets. Good. Excellent. I like that very much. Hey, speaking of um, Nats Park, can I wish uh, Davey Martinez a happy 57th birthday today? Um, and he is now finally as old as I am. And may I just say, we're almost <laughs> twins. I mean, like, he managed a World Series championship baseball <laughs> team. And um, you and I are on a podcast together. That's it, like, that's totally equivalent. And we're a stone's throw from DC. That's it. So that's it. We'll go with location we're in the there. Same yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. On today's show, our boyfriend report features Juan Soto's push for the MVP award, Cedric Mullins going 30-30, Mookie making friends in Cincinnati, and series long overdue call-up. We've got Bob Day, the police blotter, is it really cheating, though? And better role models. Our COVID report has a whack job, a mandate, and some cross-training with hockey. We've got the minor league playoffs. So much to report with women in baseball. You thought Oakland Stadium situation was confusing. How about Tampriol or Mampa? International baseball. Woohoo, that's a show. Sure, so many things. I'm going to kick it off with my forever boyfriend, uh, at least at this point in time, Juan <laughs> Soto. We're going to talk about our baseball boyfriends. That's that fun time of the show where Patty and I check in on the guys that we picked in the offseason, that we each picked one guy per team, because there is something super cool about them outside of the field as well as hopefully on the field. And I have, and we're allowed to hold one guy over. So we have to choose new guys each offseason for your listening enjoyment. But I've held on to Juan Soto, and I think I've finally nailed it with getting the guy who does well on the year that he's doing well. Yeah, that's super hard to do. We've done super a lot of do. premature picks or post picks, but here we go. This is a banner year for Juan Soto, so I'm spearheading the Juan Soto. I'm not spearheading it. There are many other people doing this. We are bandwagging the Juan Soto Exactly. That is the correct verb. Juan Soto for NL MVP. So this past week it ended, but he has now the the Washington Nationals record for reaching base on consecutive plate appearances. This ended on Friday with 12 plate appearances in a row. And, you know, what's notable is he's a youngin, right? He's 22? 22. 22. He um, has amazing patience for young, and he's really well known for getting the walks. So for those who are walks, um, and then notably, he had two walks, and then he struck out swinging, and then later that game, he was walked two more times. So he had four walks on Friday night. The last player, just for the little bit of trivia here, to hit 12 consecutive uh, plate appearances reaching base was our favorite first baseman, Freddie Freeman, who did it in 2017. So the record for a long time was thought to be one of my idols, Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox. Now it's known as the modern day record he, that he would have done to four more. So I guess that's that makes 16 if my math is accurate there. But... Recently, and I don't know what recently means, uh, digging up into old stats, they found this guy named Piggy Ward, and apparently he's the only one on record with his first name as Piggy as well. And in 1893, he had five consecutive, uh, reached base on five consecutive appearances. And the first thing that I read about him I thought was super intriguing because it said he was traded mid-streak. And I'm thinking, that's just a weird time to trade somebody, sure. right? So he was with the O's, and he got traded to the wet Reds. Well, it turns out mid-streak means after the first game. So the first game was uh. part of that streak. <laughs> and then when he went over to the Reds, but the fascinating thing about this dude's streak was it was over three games. So the first game with the Reds, 
he reached base eight times. I have no idea what, the what heck? The, it must have been a fucking long game. Or they only really played five guys to a side then or something. Yeah, and he just kept going around and around and around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they might have just done a lot, lot better than the other team. He got two hits, reached five times on walks, and was hit by a pitch once. And just uh, for further trivia, he also played for Senators, Philly, and Pittsburgh. So Dan Colco, the, the Masson dude on Twitter, um, lie. Uh, Spelled out most of Juan Soto's 12 consecutive appearances, and I just added on the last two. So his first two were home runs. Then he got a single, then a couple walks and another single, and another walk and another home run, two doubles, and then two walks. Now, the the MVP bandwagon, right, is chugging along over a lot of stuff. Since the start of September, his average is 461. He's slashing 461, 611, 816. And his walk rate is more than four times his strikeout rate, which is incredible. He leads Major League Baseball with 137 walks. And number two is Joey Gallo with 110. So that's uh, math. Okay, 27. 27. That's a big a gap between number one and number two. So the competitors on this MVP chase are Bryce Harper, who I, I just don't want him to get it. I don't know. Bad feelings. Bad feelings. And then, interestingly, the other name being batted around, so to speak, is Fernando Tatis Jr., who is my prediction at the start of the year. That's right. And here I am hoping for my own prediction to go bad because I would much rather see Juan Soto Well, remember, it. our predictions are, you know, head and not yes. heart when we make them. So there we go. I'm, I'm heart with Juan Soto now. Um, there's some smart money behind... Um, Harper too, because mm-hmm. his numbers are pretty similar to Soto's in a, in a lot of in a lot of other categories, and he's on a team that's contending, and so yeah. that's kind of an issue where you know is does that help with the voting and that you're in a, a contending team? Although um, people would point out that it's harder for Juan to get the numbers he's getting playing on a team that's not, for instance. So um, it's interesting, and I, I would love to see him get there. And I'm, I mean, sure he will one day. I'm hoping it's, like, in a couple weeks. I'm really hoping to. And, and Mets pitcher Marcus Stroman love is him. on our side. He said on his Twitter, he actually tweeted a few things about Soto, but one of them was that he's the clear-cut best hitter he's ever faced. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Stroman tells it like he sees it. Oh, for yeah. For sure. For sure. Um Along the lines of um, picking boyfriends at the right time or the wrong hmm. time, I picked Cedric Mullins of the O's two years ago. That was too early, my friend, because this year, um, this past Friday, he became the first Oriole ever to go 30-30, 30 wow. home runs, 30 stolen bases. He's ripping it up. And I picked him early, which means I've got a good eye and poor timing. <laughs> poor timing. Um, we're going to talk about the Reds for a few minutes. It's um, it's uh, boyfriend adjacent because your um, former once and forever boyfriend, right? That's how these Mookie Betts, or um, yeah. Pookie as we call him, plays um, a major role in this. So the Reds have a rookie named T.J. Friedel, and his bio says his first name is T.J. No punctuation, but it also says like it's Terry something. So I I don't know. I again, an editor would be super useful right. there. But anyway, um. So this guy, TJ, debuted last Saturday as a pinch hitter. Nothing happened. Ron versus the Dodgers at Great American Ballpark. But on Sunday, he homered. And Mookie, in the outfield, watched it go over his head and said, hey, this guy just debuted. That's his first home run as it went over his head. So he watched the guy catch it, the fan, and he motioned to him. It's like, throw it back, throw it back. And yeah. the guy's friend said, hey, that, that was his first home run. So the guy said, sure, and threw it back. Like, no questions, no, like, you know, bargaining or any of that. And Mookie said, I got you. You know, and then when they went off the field, came back for the next inning and gave the fan a signed bat, a Mookie Betts autograph bat. worth a lot. And Mookie said to, you know, he said, you know, I was just going to throw him a ball, but he didn't even, you know, he didn't hesitate. He didn't try to like, Aww. you know, bargain. He, did, he just said, this is the right thing. And he threw it back. And so he should be, you know, rewarded for that. And then when um, the ball came back into the dugout, they told TJ that the ball had been retrieved and they've got it for him and thank Mookie. And he said, chills, honestly, huh. for him to do that for me was incredible. So this is the kind of boyfriend cred we believe in here at No Crying in Baseball. Um, another side note with uh, TJ Friedel is um, 
I haven't seen him without his baseball cap on, but what's coming out from below the cap is some hmm. nice flow. I hope I'm not horrified when I do see him take, but he could have some serious cue har there, which is good because I had been like all about Jonathan India for his Q har and he and India was getting played because my actual Reds boyfriend, Jesse Winker, has been on the IL a lot. Um, and then realized that India squishes his Q har under a MAGA hat. Yep. So he's a never boyfriend as right. far as NCIB. Y'all make your own calls about politics, but um, not for us. I'm hoping, I'm hoping TJ's got Q har and other good stuff to back up his um, bat and yeah. his, his just sort of fame of mine. Um, Another grooming note with the Reds. So the Reds and the Nationals had a series this weekend, so I watched them a lot. And our local guys pointed out that there there were several guys on the Reds who appeared to have tailored their uniforms so the sleeves are just a little bit shorter than standard in order oh. to... Um, the, the, the commentators were supposing that, <laughs> hey, look, it was Arms Day, check out my biceps. And the, the jerseys were just a little tight, and the, the sleeves were just a little short. And, oh, my God, so Max Schrock, whenever he was in the battle, batter's box, <laughs> he would tug the shoulder of his jersey a little bit just to, like, flash. And I'm so sure he could flex a little more. Yeah, you know, I don't know that it was an intentional, hey, look at my bicep, but it certainly drew the eye. Yeah. I'm just saying. So I'm I'm amused not only that there is the grooming aspect to this whole thing, but that the commentators picked up on it and went with it. So that just made me super happy. You know, wasn't it the Reds last year who had, like, a tank top thing going? I mean, I think the, the, there was one time where they, they had uh, something there was somebody that was, with a tank top. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was them. And, you know, if, the, if anybody is going to be debuting shorter sleeves i think the reds have a good have a good <laughs> setup to go with that let me just say it was fun to have a lot of time with um nick castiano because yeah. he is lovely to watch he has excellent grooming and the bat rocks he did a, an interview with his kid you yes. know the, the t-shirt designer kid yes. and it's just so sweet yeah Heart. the kid says something like you know it just makes me really happy when my dad does well yeah. so, oh my god yeah i bet how cool he did he had, he had a home run against the nats today and he waved to his son in the in the stands as he was rounding the bases yeah he said he wanted somebody to run the stats on how well he does with his son in attendance that he thinks that he does better still need to buy that t-shirt yeah yeah jeez so yeah. much to do all right, a guy that I lost track of. So one thing, you know, with our with our boyfriends, which we're just getting so many, and we should really focus on the guys that we pick this year. I just get you know easily distracted by the the Squirrel. flashy thing that's happening over there, and especially when I've got guys like Miguel Cabrera who's chasing stuff, and you know they're they're my. Formers, actually, I think Miguel's this year. Bad example. Anyway, I get distracted easy. Have you noticed? But Salvi Perez is the one who's been distracting yes. you. Yes, yes, he has. And I'm, yeah, I am also go Salvi. I mean, he's not going to get the MVP, but go Salvi. But I missed Jose Siri. Also, he's an Astro, so I, I have not been. I fully admit that I have not been paying attention to the Astros this year. I am fine with that. Jose Siri got called up on September 3rd, and the cool thing about this is that he's been in the minors for so long. So this is his nine, nine years in the minors, and it depends on who you read as to how many years they say, because do you count 2020? So I think that's where it is, that some people say eight and some people say yeah. nine. But he's been waiting a long time. He's also been a superstar. Well, yeah, they've had no, they'd had no season last year. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. where do you like he's so it's been not just that waiting. it's a weird year. Yeah. Some people say, ah, oh, that shouldn't count. It right. doesn't count because it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been waiting nine years, but only was playing in the minors eight is probably like a better way to, to frame yeah. it. But what he has been doing is just lighting up in the Dominican Republic for the Gigantes de Cibao, I think. So his first start, though, was a little less not that long ago. It was September 13th. I missed this, too. But still, he went four for five on his first start with two home runs, five RBI. And he was the first MLB player with over four hits and over five RBI in his first career start since RBI became a thing in 1920. So I'm hopeful that, yeah, once again, this is a premature pick, but that's partly because it was the Astros and we were trying to avoid Astros who had been involved in nefarious activities. But I'm hoping that Siri continues to do well. He just super needs to get his strikeouts under control. He's like the opposite of what we talked about with Juan Soto's rate of, mm -hmm. of walks to strikeouts. He's totally the other way around. But, you know, just starting out. 
Speaking of just a bit outside, it's Bob Euchre Day in Milwaukee. Well, it was yesterday on Saturday. We're recording on Sunday. Um, 87-year-old Bob Euchre wow. was celebrating 50 years on the air. They had a nice ceremony for him um, with the Brewers. Um, you know, he was a catcher for six years before all of this started. Really? He, nobody remembers any of that. He, he was also, um, I think he was a backup catcher for the 1964 World Championship Cardinals. Wow. Yeah. So how about that? Um, and 1971, 50 years ago, he became a broadcaster with the Brewers. I believe Bud Sella gave him his first job. <laughs> How about that? Um, the The day was full of former players and um, his like, co-announcers and other people through the years doing um, tributes to him. And there were some players from the way back when who said he actually threw BP for a very long time. Like during, like during batting practice, he would pitch batting practice and then run upstairs and change and, and, and do the announcer That's gig wild. for a long time. So one of the things, some of the things they did to celebrate was um, the team wore Air Euchre t-shirts <laughs> in their warm-ups. Um, they had the whole ceremony thing. He did the ceremonial first pitch, but because he's Bob Euchre, he did it by unveiling a pitching machine. That's awesome. <laughs> and That's hysterical. The reason we're talking about it in the boyfriend part today is because my once and forever boyfriend, Christian Yelich, um, pre- presented on behalf of the team custom sneakers to Bob Euchre, one of which had Air Euchre on them, that <laughs> image, and the other one said, one of us, Aww. which is pretty sweet. And even better, Yelich made a pair of cleats for himself with the same pattern and wore them that game. Did he do well? Any I, clue on it doesn't the, matter. The, Cleat effectiveness. The cleat effectiveness. Yeah. Now we did. We just. We were just going with the boyfriend cred of right. this is this is super great. And on the theme of pretty nice presents, uh, pitcher John Lester, who is now with the Cardinals, which is still so weird to say, I, um, yeah. went back to Wrigley for possibly the last time. And people are kind of wondering, is this the yeah. last time? Because he's been you know kind of avoiding the question about next year. But this sort of makes us makes me think he is. He um, his the the two catchers who caught him the most are David Ross and Wilson Contreras, Aww. one and two. And so when he returned to Wrigley, he gave them both Rolexes. He had this like little like off, like just like just the three of them. You know, there were, somebody with a camera caught the whole thing, but it wasn't like a no, a presentation. It was just like, here, guys, I've got this thing for you. And what I don't know is what the, what they were engraved with, because you see them, them both opening the boxes from a distance, and you see them Aww. turning them over and reading the back and then hugging him. So I just I want to insert there, though, that 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 relationship between him and David Ross was on the Red Sox. Started on the Red Sox and then went to the Cubs. It, 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 oh, yeah. wow. They, they, they changed mid-streak. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yes. All right. Yeah. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, but I just don't know if that means anything other than, hey, I really appreciate you guys. They're sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all just so, such good guys. I've, I've loved David Ross since his since his Red Sox days, for sure. Um just a little bit of what's going on with who's in and who's out now. I've, I'm suffering that you guys know more than me at this point about what's happening with the Yankees and the Red Sox. The past, as a Red Sox fan, the past couple of days have been pretty fucking painful, but they're not out of it yet. And they've got, it's, it's a ways before the Red Sox are going to be eliminated. But I had predicted the Padres, I think, to win it all, and they are totally out. So that sucks. Uh, I had predicted the Blue Jays, actually, to win the AL East, but Tampa just clinched, so I'm out there. The A's are, like, hanging on by a thread, and I'm kind of hoping that they go down because that's the wild card race. But, yay, we I think we both chose the White Sox we for did. the Central, and they just clinched. So we've at least got one feather in our cap when we return to predictions yep. at the end of this all next Yeah, week. interestingly, um, I think we both had the cards for the Central, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I mean, they're clearly not going to, you know, they, that know. didn't happen, yeah. but they are making a serious push push for the wild card. So I don't know if we get like some sort of like partial credit for that or not. But the important thing is I'm currently wearing my Brett Phillips baseball is fun Tampa t-shirt to celebrate um, some some nice people in Tampa for winning. Not just because I need to be wearing a (laughs) Red Sox t-shirt and I wanted to just like, you know, do that. But um, but there you have it. Hey, speaking of Tampa, um, in our police blotter, this was an interesting week. (laughs) So on Monday, the Rays playing Toronto. Um, Kevin Kiermaier of the Rays slid into home, looks down. There is a piece of paper that has floated down in front of his face. He picks it up and walks away with it. I would have too. Turns out this piece of paper had fallen out of the 
the Blue Jays catcher's wristband. Ooh. This was their data card um, that had their game plan on it for how they were going to pitch to the, um, the to Tampa Bay. Um, and he took it back to the dugout with him. And, you know, as you pointed out, he's a bad liar. He's like, oh, no, it could have been mine. And he said, you know, he keeps this in his pocket. You know, one in ten chances it could have been his. But the fact is, it was just sitting there. Who wouldn't have picked it up? Seriously. Well, it, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would have. Like, you th- oh, they've, come got, on. They've, they've got a grounds crew. Like, is he just trying to be like a, a, a litter bug kind of guy? Like, oh, there's something on the field. I'll do my part and pick it up. You know what? <laughs> Whether he was being the litter bug guy or he was like, huh, this just fell into my lap. Yeah. Still pick it up. What All the right. hell? So the... <laughs> the the Blue Jays send their Bat Boy over. Now, you know, in the majors, the Bat Boys are grown-ass men. They're, they're not, like, you're not sending, like, like a little 12-year-old yeah. over to say. a lot of women, too. Yeah. So they're not, um, are there? Yeah, I know that there are a couple. Or is it the, the folks who, like, sit on the side? No. That's the actual, not quite. The, no, the actual oh, Bat the one Boys are in the in dugout. The dugout. All yeah. right. Never mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there are. Um, anyway, so they send, they, um, they send their Bat Boy over to the dugout. To say, um, please, can we have that piece of paper back? Please, <laughs> sirs, please, sirs. And they basically say, what piece of paper? And they laugh and they say no. And they send him away. Now, that's mean to do a bat boy, really. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they basically, yeah. So, they, you know, I the, the actual words used were my own. But the point was they, they refused to mm-hmm. um, give anything back. Finders, freaking keepers. Right. Now, the question, there was one article I read that said, they the teams you know heck with trash cans teams have found a new way to cheat i'm like <laughs> excuse me it would be cheating if he pickpocketed right. the catcher and stole it he didn't steal it he picked it up off the ground this was not premeditated he took advantage of the things at hand that's like when your second baseman figures out the signs you're yeah. allowed to do that and so i'm sorry you know take better care of your stuff yeah. whatever i don't think it's cheating it may be bad form but if you're walking down the street and you see a $20 bill on the sidewalk and you pick it up, are you stealing? If you saw who dropped it right. and you don't try to give it back, you're stealing. Okay. If you didn't, eh. At that point, so that's, it could have been from his pocket. Because he didn't see it being dropped. He didn't see it. He didn't, okay. see, he didn't see it fly out of the catcher's wrist. Yeah. The catcher tagged him. He landed. He you know, sat up and there was a thing in front of him. Although when he looked at it, he probably. He didn't, I don't know that he looked. Well, whatever. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, anyway, I don't think it's cheating. I think it's probably bad form, but I don't think it's to the level of cheating. Well, Pampa Bay sure thought, I mean, uh, the, the the Blue Jays sure thought it was cheating. Because on Wednesday, um, the Jays relief pitcher, Ryan Umbarucki, hit Kiermaier square in the back with a 93 mile per hour fastball. Which is just stupid, period. You don't do that. That's right. Just- Right. Oh, oops. Sorry. It slipped. Right. No, that's not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's probably thinking, well, you know, you said you weren't sure what it was when you picked it up. So I'm sure this slipped. And so, well, one of these is deadly and one of these is just, right. you, know, you know, whatever. So he was immediately, um, immediately ejected because Good. it was pretty clear to everybody that it was retaliatory. Um, so pitching coach came out to and the manager came out to argue the whole thing. And the pitching coach also got ejected right away. The bench is cleared in a very slow, methodical way as if the guys were just stretching their legs. It's like, this might take a while, so let's just walk there and back. Like, nothing happened with that. Like, they didn't get near each other. Not even a kerfuffle. Not even. Not even. It was really, it was a stroll. It was like okay. an afternoon stroll. It's like, what the heck? Um, so the fallout of that is the Blue Jays manager, Charlie Montoya, was suspended for one game, which huh. um, that, that's been happening with, there was an intentional beating of somebody. Um, the manager gets gets tossed for one game. That that's that's been the pattern this year so far. You can't argue those. Um, and then um, the pitcher um, Baraki was suspended for three games and fined, and he has appealed that. I don't know if there's been a decision on that or not. So that's behaving badly when there's a pitcher um, thing that happens here. I just want to say, as you pointed out, you throwing things at people is not okay, really. Ever. Right. It's bad. And um, we have often said, you know, this is not a good solution. I think Jazz Chisholm and Josh Rogers came up with a super great um, solution to um, celebrating their own successes against each other rather than um, being resentful or dangerous to mm-hmm. each other. So um, the Miami uh, Nats series last weekend, Jazz Chisholm hit a home run off of Josh, Ro- Josh Rogers and 
when he rounded the bases, he did his little the little Euro step thing on home base, the little, you know, cha-cha to the right and to the left. It's oh, pretty fun. Yeah. That's cool. And then later on, Josh Rogers struck him out. And as he walked off, the, the pitcher's mound did the exact same thing. That's awesome. It was That's awesome. That's exactly what should happen. It was happen. hilarious. Right. And they were tweeting it to each other. That's and, perfect. And, um, like, Chisholm said, you deserve it if you strike me out because I'm trying to put you in the upper deck. He's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, right. I, I'm going to celebrate. You're going to celebrate. That's what it is. Uh, and even perfect. LeBron James checked in and said, that's so amazing. That's what sports is all about. And that's exactly what it should be. If you're pissed off, do better. Do like, better. Do, do your job. Do it within the, the limits of your job. Yeah. Don't be mad at somebody celebrating the fact that they did something well. And that doesn't right. mean that and you should celebrate when you did something well, too. Fine. Right. That's great. Don't involve corporal punishment. That's right. All right, I, I had assumed that Patty was going to be doing a COVID report today, which means that things are getting better. I'm hoping overall, except for the the teams that I like. Yeah, I, I was going to leave it off because um, the only bad story is your favorite team. I didn't want to rub that in, That's so, so I'm leaving sweet. that out. Leaving so, that out. so of course, you know, as pissed off as I am at my favorite team of the Red Sox for their anti-vax folks, read Chris Sale and Christian Arroyo. Now. On this week on Instagram, Patrick Corbin, who seemed like a nice guy pitcher for the Nationals, retweeted some shit. He it's in his stories, so he it's not a retweet. I don't know whatever the fuck it is. It's a reposting of somebody Quick, else's need Instagram. Need a teenager thing. to explain this to us, please do. All I know is his Instagram story was disturbing. He had this thing that said breaking. HHS whistleblower exposes that government is not reporting adverse reactions to vaccines. And it was one of those, like, right-wing rags. And I just thought, Patrick, I had thought so much better of you. I am sad. Yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. Maybe he, um, maybe that, maybe he's, like, brainwashed or otherwise having, like, some strange otherworldly thing happening because his pitching has kind of sucked recently. Yeah, so maybe it's all of a piece. Period, right? Maybe it's all of a piece that he's having a bad, you know, run right now. And, yeah, I think so. All right. um, on the other hand, cross-training with the National Fricking Hockey League, though um, the Capitals just announced that their players and coaches are 100% vaccinated. Yay. Hockey. Hockey. Okay, so, I mean, you don't really get tougher and, you know, and meaner than hockey players where, like, actual fighting is sort of built into the game. Yeah. So, really, um, suck it up, buttercup, and get your damn shots. Right. Right. The baseball, the baseball equivalent in D.C. should be doing that. You know who is And everywhere. Doing it? Yeah, yeah. I was impressed to see that the Arizona Fall League is requiring vaccinations for players. Now, they can only get away with this because it's an official minor league, so it's not part of the Players Association. I wish the Players Association would get behind this a little bit, like our Teachers Association has, folks. If we can do it, you can, too. Protect your players and everybody else involved. Now, an interesting sub-piece of that is sometimes guys who have been playing in the majors play in the Arizona Fall League. Some guys who are on the 40-man roster who are, in fact, in the Players Association, who, as you just said, don't need to be vaxxed because of their major league affiliation, but... If they, no matter what that affiliation is, if they end up being invited to the Arizona Fall League, they still have to get vaccinated. So that might be like a little way Good. to get some extra guys getting the shot in the arm. Speaking of <laughs> minor leagues. So as we said last year, there were no minor leagues. And this year, if you remember, the minor league season started a couple weeks late because they didn't want the spring training facilities being shared by major league players and minor league players just to reduce the number of people Mm -hmm. who were in one space. So to make up for those lost games... The um, the AAA level has decided to do this thing where they're going to have these makeup games, but they're calling it the AAA final stretch. So the season's over, the official season is over, and they have named uh, divisional champions, you know, best records in their their divisions. Yeah. But for this final stretch, every single team is going to play 10 games, five at home and five away in this couple of week period. And... That's going to be like a tournament, and that's going to determine an overall champion of the AAA final stretch. So they're making up these games because they started the season two weeks late. They're making it fun, and they're giving everybody a shot to, like, you know, to do something, to finish strong. That's very cool. I think that is pretty cool. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Um, Meanwhile, the playoffs... 
continue apace in the um, in the lower levels. So um, in in divisions double A, high A, and low A, they're all playing best of five series. So congrats to the Akron Rubber Ducks who won the um, the Northeast Division and um, the the Arkansas Naturals who won the Central and the. Um, the AA South is still in play. And for high A, the Eugene Emeralds have won, and the other two divisions are still in play. And then in low A, the Bradenton, sorry, the Bradenton Marauders um, have won the Southeast. The um, San Jose Giants have won the West, and the Southeast is still in play. Yeah, and actually, and this was going to be my sign-off, but I'm going to stick it in now. Yeah. Uh, my my adopted godson from um, Adopted Minor League Player is playing today is their, you know, the loser goes home game between the Down East Wood Ducks and the Charlton something or others. I stuck it down later. Let's see. Uh, Charleston River Dogs. Um, the River Dogs are an A's organization. And with the AAA stuff that you said before, the uh, the Durham Bulls have won whatever. The, they've been announced the winner of their AAA division and and. The Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, have been announced the winner of their division. So I'm thinking enough of the Rays organization. Let's. I'm hoping pulling for the Down East Wood Ducks tonight. And there's more baseball happening. So I've been trying to figure out what these leagues are, but there are instructional leagues. They're called the Instructs, and it brought my attention was brought to it because I saw a tweet from Baseball for All about two women coaching against each other in an MLB-affiliated league for the first time. And we've talked about Rachel Folden uh, coaching with the Cubs. She's been doing minor league coaching. And Veronica Alvarez for the A's. And apparently, they were up against each other. So this is another one of those firsts that were gotten out of the way. So let's have more women in baseball, more women coaching. One place we're also seeing women playing this week is at Nats Park on the field with other Congress people. Yes, this is the congressional baseball game that happens every year as some sort of fundraiser. And we have the Democrats versus the Republicans. And you can sit on that side. I would be fascinated to see like how many people in the D.C. area are sitting on the Republican side. D.C. votes like 99% Democrat historically. So you can sit with the Dems or the Repubs or you can be neutral and sit behind home plate. It's 15 bucks if you want to reserve your ticket, 10 bucks to walk in. It's this Wednesday night, September 29th at Nats Park. And the teams are co-ed. So notably, the Democrats have a couple of women, both from California, Nanette Baragan and Linda Sanchez. Uh, some notably, there's not a lot of senators playing. It's mostly Congress people. But Chris Murphy and John Ossoff from who that huge victory in Georgia race, oh, yeah. be fun to go see him. On the Republican side, notably, they also have a couple of women playing. Kat Kamarak from Florida and Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. Wait, that implies that she's a team player. Apparently. That that would be a change in, um, wow. Yeah. And, and that makes me reconsider. I know I still don't want pitchers to throw at people. <laughs> wow. I, I almost just, flipped, but no, no, no. I'm really, it's just wild that she's going out there and playing. So I don't know, We might folks. have to go. You might, yeah. It's the, I don't know shit. I work Wednesday nights. I can't do it. And, and and the Republicans also get Senator Rand Paul. So <laughs> there you go. So the Republicans have a key lineup. You know, interestingly, though, it seems like whoever wants to play, of course, gets on the roster. There's no cuts, whatever. And the Republican roster has 11 more people on it. So I'm not quite sure why more Democrats are are not playing baseball. But Desperately want to make a filibuster joke, but I can't pull one together. <laughs> um, I do want to point out that this game used to be played out in public parks. Mm -hmm. If you remember a few years ago, there was a shooting yep. at the Congressional Baseball game whenever since it's been at Nats Park, where they can control who enters and who leaves. Sad, but at the same time, it's I think being at Nets Park is pretty cool. Hopefully, it'll, it'll pull more people. Um, notably, though, nobody in the, the congressional group from Maryland, no Jamie Raskin or Virginia or, wait, D.C. doesn't have Congress people. Uh -huh. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, nobody from D.C. would be there anyway. Folks, make D.C. a state. Put your, your two cents in that in that pot because there's a lot of people who are not represented right near us. If you can't make it to Nats Park on Wednesday night or you just don't want to watch Marjorie Taylor Greene batting, you or might doing anything or do, really. really, really. You might be better off watching the ESPN broadcast with Jess Mendoza and Melanie Newman. Oh, I'm doing that for sure. Even though I'm working, I gotta figure out a way to see that because those earbuds, women, my friend, earbuds. Yes, absolutely. You have the technology. The students all do it anyway. See? See? I'm teaching an evening program. Not really teaching. I'm just supervising, so I don't really have to pay attention. Yes, earbuds it will be. (laughs) Earbuds it will be. They are the first female pair for an MLB game on ESPN. Um, You might remember we talked about Melanie Newman before, who's the all-season-long O's play-by-play person, but she was also on that big five-women O's broadcast in July that was available to the greater good on YouTube, which is why I kind of thought it was a national game. But hey, here we go. And you know what? In my humble opinion, this beats anybody, really, who's on ESPN. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's going to be good. That's my Wednesday plan. Thank you. I don't have to leave and, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Go see unpleasant people just to make fun of them. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, some more women's stuff. So there's a Women of the Future USA Baseball Girls Camp happening in Cocoa, Florida from October 7th to 9th. And the super cool thing about this is that not only are U.S. women's national team coaches helping these girls out, and this is like 18 and under, but six girls will be chosen from this camp to join the Women's National Team Development Program to play baseball in the future. So yay for girls and women playing baseball. And uh, reserve your tickets now. The All-American Women's Baseball Classic, which I, it's, you know, this is connected to the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, which was inappropriately named at the time because, yes, they are women. And so now the classic is being named correctly with women. It's happening in Sarasota, Florida, January 6th to 9th. And the cool thing about this is there will be women playing baseball, including a lot of women who have previously played on the women's national team. But they're going to be wearing uniforms from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, like the, the old timey i don't know about the skirts definitely the jersey those skirts were not a good yeah. thing to wear for baseball i'm guessing they're ditching the skirts but they will have rockford peaches south bend blue socks racine bells and kenosha comets nice. playing this is all organized by former all-american girls professional baseball league player suzippe who we talked about over the summer who's been trying to jumpstart women's baseball and, of course, because it's women doing stuff, there's a do-gooding thing happening. They're going to include a free clinic for local girls. Nice. Of course they are. Yep. So we need to have an ongoing, f- once and forever, uh, baseball museum dedicated to women in baseball. It needs to happen in Rockford, Illinois. The International Women's Baseball Center is one step closer to making that a reality because the Rockford Zoning Board of Appeals has voted unanimously to grant a permit for the construction of this museum on the north end of Byer Park, which is where where the games are played, where um, the Rockford Peaches played. So an acre is being sold from from county, state, something like that land to the to the IWBC to do this. It's there's one more hoop to go through. It has to be passed by city council, as we are well familiar with these political hoops. But there is interest it, an opposition group that I don't to- don't totally understand. They do have a Facebook page, as most opposition groups tend to do. <laughs> They're called the Friends of Byer Park, and for some reason, they feel like it's not going to be good for the park if there's a museum on an acre next to the park and they want it across the street. You can read up on the details yourself, but I would say instead you should run, don't walk, run over the IWBC website and throw your money at them because this thing is way overdue. It's going to happen. I want to see it. Remember how complicated the Oakland Coliseum political situation was? (laughs) Like, are we going to build a new ballpark on the on the port are we gonna pick up our team and go to vegas or what are we gonna do very complicated well things just got wackier in a whole different part of the country um tampa bay rays have noted 
that they're going to hang a Tampa Bay Montreal sign in right field at the trap during the postseason. You want to ask me why? Why are they doing that? Oh, my Lord. Okay, so the Rays owner, Stuart Sternberg, had this idea for sister cities since 2019. And he said the easiest way to keep the team in Tampa is to sort of move it to Montreal, but not really. That's because the the trap sucks. I mean, what it comes down to is the trap sucks. It's always under whatever, under people. The trap sucks, but also I think the fan base kind of sucks too. Because I mean, like they, like you said, they they keep winning. You know, they've been winning the division, and nobody goes. And what the actual hell? Chicken or egg, right? Yeah, chicken. Absolutely. So the Rays have a lease on the trap through twenty twenty seven. Um, they've been working with the Tampa mayor and city council on a new ballpark. Good. <laughs> the mayor and the city council are fine with splitting the season with frickin' Montreal. Wow. So For the, the players, that's just wild. Okay, yeah. So the cur- so the actual plan, the actual real announcement is due for early November. This was announced on a radio show by the, I think by the owner or the, the president of the team this past weekend. And shit's hitting the fan because it's whack, right? Yeah. So it will involve new open air stadiums being built in both cities, one in Tampa and one in Montreal. Hmm. So trap gone, um, open, Good. open, not a domed stadium uh, because they would use it from spring training through June. Then Pick up the team, move it to Montreal for the rest of the season. When it's too hot in Tampa. Sure. So they're turning into, what, like, the snow bunnies? What are we calling? Yeah. What are we? The, yeah. So um, they've turned into, like, senior citizens who are, like, going back and forth <laughs> from Florida to colder places, depending on the time of year. Um, and if they make the postseason, they don't, it's not a final decision about that. But the things I read said, well, they would probably just like alternate. Like this year, postseason would be in Florida. Next year, the postseason will be in Montreal. How does any of this work? How do you buy a season ticket? Right. How do you, like, I'm only going to root for my team through June and then I'm going to like stop following baseball because I can't go to a game or I'm going to start rooting for my team at the All Star break? And, and the what postseason, the, the postseason makes it totally fucked up because if you're going to, as a fan, invest in the team, you want to see your team in the postseason. So they, they're going to have to go back and forth. I mean, the weather wise, postseason makes a lot more sense in Tampa. Sure. But if you, have just been watching your team for the past what two or three months right in montreal and then they're like bye we're gonna go play the postseason in tampa maybe they saw the blue jays like start their season in florida and then move to buffalo and then finally move back to the rogers center and thought that was a good idea as opposed to this was the best way they could accommodate a freaking pandemic i don't know so the what i read said that mlb supports this plan but the MLBPA, the Players Association, is critical. That makes sense. Which does make sense. What do you do? You uproot your family? Do you have, you know, a, another yeah. house? Like, a lot of people don't, players don't live, you know, where their team is, but they may have a, you know, uh, something there. And now you've got to, like, juggle those two places and move your family or not move your family or not see your family if you've been seeing your family. What the heck? I have so many questions. I just think, how is this the best way to keep your team I think that they need to Maybe change. Maybe deserve a team. Yeah, they they need to definitely change the name to some sort of migratory bird, something that like <laughs> would actually travel. Yeah, so it has to go with either Tampreal or Mampa, which are the the best that, I could come up with for like work. city names, but like not the team name, but the city name yeah. because you can't say like the, are you going to say Tampa slash Montreal migratory birds? I mean, that seems like a <laughs> lot of syllables. It's a lot of words for a t-shirt, right? Right? Maybe they're are they geese? <gasps> they're geese. Yep. They're geese. The Tampriol geese. The Tampriol geese. <laughs> or the Mampa geese. The, sounds, well, that sounds like a goose. That's the, the name. The, that, that's the sound that they make. The Mampa. <laughs> it's the Mampa geese. The Mampa geese. Yep. We've got it. We've solved all the problems for Tampa. Not really. Yeah. Baseball's fun, though. Well, we got an episode title anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, there's some international baseball happening right now. The World Baseball and Softball Confederation, we're going to go with that, under 21 competition started on September 23rd and it's going through October 2nd, being hosted by Mexico. Folks, I tried to watch a couple of games today, and because the United States is not one of the teams involved, everything on YouTube is not available in this country. So I recommend finding your favorite VPN if you want to check out any of these games. Group A 
Right now, Taiwan and Mexico are tied for leading Group A, but there's only been three games played, so they're tied at two wins. Then there's the Dominican Republic, Cuba, the the Czech Republic. I finally got that right. Thank you. And uh, and Germany. Group B is Korea, the Netherlands, Venezuela is solely on top with three wins, Panama, Nicaragua, and Colombia. Now, the super notable thing about this, thank you to at Francis Romero 10 on Twitter, is six Cubans have defected from the Cuban team. So things are bad in Cuba these days. The the COVID mess, you know, it, interestingly, historically, with Cuban socialism, one of the things that they had excelled at in the past was, was medicine was healthcare, and, yeah. and healthcare. And something is just super fucked up in Cuba these days, but it's it's not going well. And people are absolutely, there have been a lot of actually major league players involved in this sort of SOS Cuba campaign. So six Cubans defected, and that's a new record for Cubans defecting at an international tournament. That is stunning. And they're defecting to Mexico, which I believe you explained to me is sort of like the stepping stone to getting to the United States. I would bet you. I would bet you at that point, you know, like we've talked about with our Cuban boyfriends in the past, how they need just need to get to that third state. And then the immigration lawyers come in and swoop in and do the paperwork and get them here for baseball. So, so for some of them, it's been like the DR in the past, right? right? Like, but, but this, because the tournament was there, they were already going and ta-da, here we are. Yeah. So they must, there's got to be some connection. I'm sure there are some baseball people involved already. So uh, we'll see who this crew crop of Cubans coming in. <laughs> um, can I just go back to the whole blackout situation? I find yeah. this fascinating because usually it's games that um, you don't want to see. Like if if the United States was in it, we would black it out because we want right. to make it super hard. You know, if we're following the MLB pattern of I want to see my team yeah. play, no, you can't because you, you're too close. So this is the opposite of that. So that's just weird. Yeah, I just think it's the WBSC way they put things in. And hey, I don't know. We've got baseball going around here. Why would people want to watch? Well, I wanted to watch and, and maybe I will in the future because read VPN. Yeah. Above. Yeah, hey, um, so we're going to this play tonight. Yeah. And then I believe there's more baseball. There's a, the, this is the last week of the season. It is. The last week of the, of the regular season. And so potty mouth is tense. I'm. Can I just tell you, I am so, so not tense because none <laughs> of the teams I care about are contenders. And I wish they were. Yeah. But I do, I see your face and I think there, but for the grace of, you know, the Guardians or the Nationals, not so much the O's go I. because. Yeah. You look really well, tight right now. Three games. So the, the, right now, folks, I'm at having watched two of the three game series at Fenway versus the Yankees. And the first game was just downright fucking painful. And then yesterday, the Red Sox had a slight lead. And John Carlos Stanton, who yeah. absolutely sucked at the beginning of this year, and I really wish he would go back to that, hit a grand <laughs> slam, and it was just the stake through the heart. And the worst thing was he hit it in the top of the eighth, which is painful enough, right? Eighth inning grand slam to put your to put to put the opposing team ahead. But the middle of the eighth at Fenway Park is Sweet Caroline. And they went into Sweet Caroline after the Grand Slam. And a lot of people tweeted about, like, just what the fuck. Like, that, the, the timing just did not yeah. work well there. So I'm a little nervous. And the biggest thing that, that pisses me off and I continue to be nervous about is, is everybody's like, oh, well, the Red Sox are just playing the O's and the Nats for the, for the rest of the season. So it was at this point where if they had won six of the last nine games, they were guaranteed the wild card spot. They just pissed away two of those games. So at this point, it's six of the next seven games. If they piss away the game tonight, then they have to win everything against the O's and the Nats, which some people say, ah, no sweat. But I say, no, the O's historically have fucked up the Red Sox in September to the point where I stopped going to Red Sox games at Camden Yards in September 
because I didn't want to experience that again. Wait, what are you doing this week? So I'm going to see the Red Sox. So <laughs> at Camden Yards in I, September. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when I got the ticket at the beginning of the season, it didn't. It, yeah. I thought that neither team would have a hope. I thought I was just going to go see useless baseball at the end of September. Just because it's fun. It's a I nice place to go. See my guys. Yeah. And that that would be fine. And then to add insult to injury, I'm going to see the Saturday game at Nats Park. So if I witness another colossal defeat of the Red Sox, I am never going to see them in September again. I swear to well, until until, until I do. have a good excuse, <laughs> until I have a better excuse. So here's the thing. I mean, honest to God, I swear when the Red Sox play the Yankees, I am completely on your side. Thank you. I am 100% <laughs> go Red Sox. But their last six games are against two of the three teams right. that I live and die for. I get it. So this is going to be weird because I don't want like a Red Sox loss to mean the Yankees are going to, right. you know, do better or get what whatever. Um, so the, the very last game we're going to together this season... <laughs> We are going to root against each yeah. other, and that just isn't right. Now, wasn't the first game we went to, was that a Red Sox? Nats game. We do we root against each other once already this year? Not no. The Red Sox haven't been at Nats this year. No, no. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, at I, the I O's. Is that how we started I, the season? I think it is. It is, and we're going to end the season rooting against oh, that's each other. A little sour, isn't it, it? It is a little sour, but you know what? Our our friendship has lasted for right. two decades, so I think we can weather this crazy storm. Right. I'm feeling a little a teeny teeny bit guilty because I do remember the Red Sox winning that first game. I don't want to split it at this point. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling generous. You know what? Much as we like to think we have control over these things right. with positive thinkings or the shirt that we wear to yes. the game yes. or, or whatever it is, we we don't have as much effect on it as, as we, we think. But exactly like, boy, it's going to be fun. Mouth says. Yeah, the, he's a smart cookie. Yeah, I he's guess He's a smart so, cookie. I was like, you know, this morning I was making a statement by wearing my 2004 World World Series Red Sox shirt and wearing my, my history Red Red Sox hat, and Mr. Potty Mouth was like, "That doesn't matter." Like, I yeah, hope it makes you I just feel walk good. in in my Rays baseball smart shirt <laughs> right. and say, "What the hell? Baseball is fun, people!" <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like Phillips. He's, it's it's a it's a it's a fun shirt. It's a fun shirt, and you have to really know that it's a that it's a Tampa shirt. Yeah, it doesn't say Tampa on anywhere mm. because, you know, TM, all right. of that. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, so we're doing all kinds of baseball things this week. Some of them are on TV. Some of them are at ballparks. Some, I mean, we actually went to a, a poetry reading about baseball oh, this past week, which yes. was super great. And so we are like, we're way, we're deep into the culture. Um, we, <laughs> yeah. Baseball is in our blood and we're sad that the season's going to end, but we've got postseason in at the big screen in your basement coming up. So that's pretty exciting. Yep. Um, we hope you're having a good last week of of the season. We hope that not only are you vaccinated, but you're figuring out when you can get your booster shot. You are completely fighting the man and you're following us on social media. Find us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and Be Ball. Until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. That's the sound of truth serum. <laughs> and it's all over me. Oh, shit. I'm wearing the truth.